0: Thank you for listening to BLC Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za.
1: So I just wanted to come up to say thank you. Um, We've been here for the conference, and then today, and it's just been really exceeding my expectations. Like I'm always used to my dad listening to him and preaching to his preachers, but I wasn't used to you guys being so kind. And I feel like I've just been so blessed with your generosity of kind words and food and people giving me their time to talk. And it's just been such a blessing. And I want to say thank you to Lisa and John (laughs) that I got to meet you and your family. I think it's amazing here, and I wish we could stay longer, but now I to leave. <laughs> hmm, yeah, and a host that's been, how here we you are, <laughs> you've been super duper kind. And yeah, I just feel like this is such a good group of people, and I'm just really, really thankful. So oh, that's it. <laughs>
0: Yes, thank you so much. It's been, uh, it's been easy and we feel loved. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor and a joy. So, I don't know if all of you have met me yet. I'm Magnus, married to Annika. We have three kids. Amalia is in middle child and then we have two boys. And right now we live in Sweden and uh, we're moving to Australia in a month. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, so I resonated with the beach theme in the more in the <clears throat> When we started worship, it's like, yes, I take it. I take it. English is not my first language. And when I get carried away, I kind of lose my words. So I will try to speak slow. And if you don't understand, ask my daughter, what did your dad say? And she will interpret, OK? So, um, Father, thank you for this night, and, and I ask that you will help me, because the people deserve to hear your voice, not my voice, even if it will be my voice that you speak through, so please help me to say what you want me to say, Father. And I bless the people, I speak life of them, Father. Amen. Amen. So uh, I would like to do two things, I would start over here, and then I have a message that I will try to jump into but I felt like God said that should release a thing first. And I guess you all see in a windmill. And you know what, what drives is it's the wind. And and we as humans we have the ability to think and feel um, and be affected of things in the past, the present and the future at the same time. So three dimensions can and are affecting us. So we have the ability to worry on three fronts at the same time. But we have also the ability to feel hope at three fronts at the same time. And we are like a windmill. So the wind that blows will move it and will grind and form our lives. So is it a wind of worries or of hope? Because that will move us. That wind will move us. And that's why it's so important to always, always have this relationship with Christ where, because we can have a relationship with Christ, but it doesn't really work for us. So we have to understand what Jesus is saying to Peter So Jesus is washing the disciples' feet and he comes to Peter and he's like, no way. That's not gonna happen. And then Jesus says, Peter, you don't understand what I'm doing. You will understand it later. But if you don't allow me to wash your feet, the Greek says, then you have no part in me or part of me. And then Peter being Peter, I love Peter. He gives me hope. (laughs) He says the wrong things, does the wrong things gives me hope. Peter then is like, okay, then wash the whole of me. Peter's like, no, 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 (laughs) no. And then he says something very interesting. He says, if you've been taking a bath, you're clean, and you only need to wash your feet. And then the Lord spoke to me, and he said, son, you received me, and you've been baptized. So you've been taking the bath. But as you walk life, you get dirt on your feet. What I do is that when I see dirt on my feet, I'm like, no, darn it. And now Jesus is coming. Yeah, better hide the feet. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Worship. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus says it's hiding your dirt. That is the problem. If you do, you do not have a part in me. What a deal is that? I mean, imagine having a spouse that says, you know, when you hide your stuff, that's when I don't love you. That's basically what Jesus is saying. I mean, he's not saying he doesn't love them, but he's saying, if you hide your stuff, you don't have part of me. So I used to say every morning, Jesus, I come with my feet. Wash me. Wash me. What a reality to live in to always live there with clean feet. And as soon as I get something on my feet, I'm like, Jesus, wash me. And it's very important to live in that place because then the wind of hope will blow in your windmill and your past will empower you with hope. Your presence will empower you with hope and your future will empower you with hope. It's very important to live there In that relationship of always allowing Him into our dirt, our shame, our stuff, so we can have relationship with Him, intimacy with Him. I mean, it's it's blowing my mind. So people used to say, "Oh, you're so funny when you speak." You're so, and I used to think, "I'm not that funny," but I have a couple of angels that travels with me, and one is joy. So he's working for me. Another one, I think he maybe liked me the most, I don't know. I have an angel of, do you say woeing? You woe someone? Exactly, that's what I meant. <laughs> I have an angel of woeing, Wooing. So he's, he's like always moving my heart towards him. And when I look back, I guess he's been with me my whole life. He's like, oh, he's always like, as soon as I allow him, he's like, Jesus. He's just like, wooing my heart. And I felt like God said last, last night, he said, he wants to move on the people. He wants to move on the people. So if you've been having a dry season with God, I'm going to ask him to move right now and just move on you and just stir that intimacy up so that your time with the Lord is sweet as honey. Sweet as honey. So if, you, if you've been in a dry season, if you feel like my personal life with God, I, no, it's, it's not been good. Just put your hand on your, on your heart and I will ask that angel just to come and touch you. So, Father, I ask that this angel that travels with us, that he will just go around just now and just do what he do best. Just stir people's heart up and just woo people to worship. And I ask, Father, for, a, for an impartation, a blessing of, of a rich personal life with you where the Bible comes alive when we read it, where we hear the Holy Spirit, and where our time with you is is a holy place. I ask that you will just do that right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And some of you, you will start to feel like it's almost like the only thing I can explain is it's almost like it starts to slowly spin in your head. It's hard to understand, but when you experience it, you understand what I say. It's almost like it starts to slowly spin in your head. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's shifting things. And some of you, you will start to feel like, almost like a squeezing in your heart. It's, it's like a squeezing and and it's like a, pain that feels pleasant and that's the Holy Spirit and some of you you feel like it's almost like you get the shills but it's a positive shill and that's also the Holy Spirit so thank you for what you're doing amen okay shifting gears when I grew up believing in science was almost like cursing in church. We don't believe in science. We don't believe in the Big Bang. But the thing is that uh, scientists are, they are pretty sure that universe started at one single spot. And from that spot, it's expanding. And it's expanding with a rate of 68 kilometers per second. 68 kilometers per second in every direction, so that is 2,500 kilometers per minute. It's expanding all the time. Um, So when I thought about that, because it's 4,080 kilometers per minute and 5.9 million kilometers per 24 hours, that the universe expands, it's, it's. I mean it's impossible to understand. Sounds like God what happened there? And it was like God said I said let there be light and my voice hasn't stopped. Just expands. So if we would pinch down you know you can take a picture and you pinch it down it's like smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller you know what I mean? So if we would pinch down the known universe into the size of the earth, so now universe has the size of the earth, that's still pretty big. How big would the earth be? A needle's head. And on that needle's head, we are gathered tonight I mean, imagine if someone said, oh, we have a problem. We lost a needle, said, somewhere in Johannesburg. Can you please find it? So, it's impossible. And still, God knows exactly what you're going through. Exactly. Over time. Over time. It's, it's impossible to grasp it. I have, I have a neighbor who's a, who's a scientist. He's a professor in physics. And he's working at one of our best... Uh, universities and he's working at the at university down in, in, in uh, Europe and he's super smart so I asked him how much do you and your colleagues think you know about everything and he looked at me and he said we think we're not sure but we think we know four to six percent of what there is to know <laughs> imagine if you went to the best doctor in the world and he said, I have a condition. How much do you know about the body? Oh, about four. <laughs> On a good day, five percent. Or care mechanics, how much do you know about cars? Four percent. I was like, then I know more. That's nothing. So I asked him, what is the rest? And he said, we don't know. It's dark material, We don't know what it is. And then I'm thinking about this God that we believe in. It says that he created everything. And he's holding the universe in his hand. And I'm like, is his hand expanding? Since the universe? Or is it just they're just really big? I don't know. But it kind of blows my mind. And I like to think about those things. Because it's very important to have a big God. So this big God... He looks down at that needle's head, and in the, in the time, in the eternity, you spend 80, 90, 100 years, if your life is long, on that needle's head, and you have his full attention. That's amazing. I mean, if that would sink down, and like, oh, we sit in that truth, what is there to worry about? I'm an expert on worries. I have 40 years training. It never helped me. But I'm, I'm good at it. Never helped me. Never solved any problems. Oh, I'm going to worry. Birth a solution here through worries. Oh, never helped me. So, this be God. He knows everything. So, we better not limit Him. So, today, I'm going to share a revelation that He gave me. And you need to test revelations, but not mine, but John's. No, we always we always we always test things. So one day Jesus said to me, Son, I was out walking, minding my own business, talking to God. And one and he said, Son, do you know that revelation of who I am heals the synapses in the brain? And I'm like, What are you talking about? Because I didn't know what synapses were. And he said, did you know that uh, revelation of who I am heals a synapses in my brain? And I said, what are you talking about? And he said it again, do you know that revelation of who I am heals a synapses in my brain? Three times. And I said, no, I don't. What is synapses? And he didn't answer. So I went home and Googled and read and looked at YouTube videos and TED talks to kind of get a picture of what is a synapses. So before we go into that, according to World Health Organization, mental illness is the biggest global health problem. Mental illness. And they, they recently did uh, a study on this at uh, Harvard Medical School. And they said that the last 25 years, they had been a 50% increase on mental illness globally. Globally. So this, this is a big problem. It costs billions of dollars every year. And that's just money. And then we have a lot of people suffering. So there's a big suffering and there's a big cost. And I've been telling God, God, if you give me solutions, I will do my best to steward them. So God spoke about synapses. So the brain is a network of neurons, And they communicate with each other through synapses. Uh, So in one cubic millimeter of the brain, try to see that cubic millimeter of the brain, you have around one billion synapses. One billion, and you have 100,000 neurons. So this professor, Joseph L. Detox, at uh, a university in New York, he says, you are your synapses. Synapses is the spacing between brain cells, but they are also so much more. They are the communication channels between brain cells and the means by which everything in the brain is accomplished. So you are your synapses. I didn't know this. So you can say that the brain is like a, like a vinyl. You remember the vinyls? They had tracks. And if you scratch them, they stayed in the track. Wow, and then you need to change track. So the brain is like a vinyl. So you create your tracks. So you create, your, they've done studying on, on thinking, and we think the same things over and over and over again. That's why Paul says it's important to renew your mind. And when they do studies, they say that 80% of what people, normal people think is negative stuff. So it's even more important to renew your mind. What if you took the 80% of negative stuff and just transferred 40% into the good stuff? That would be a revolution. And yesterday, I talked about the RAS system, that there is a system that wakes up the brain, and we can train that system what it should wake up to. So, I asked God, how does this work? And then I ran into this guy, Alan Shore. He's a neurophysiologist, it's a hard word, at the University of California. And he explained it like this, a baby when it's born, the brain isn't developed yet fully. So the baby cannot really understand it needs. So if it's hungry, if it's tired, if it's uh, bored, it's the same reaction, it's cries. So the dad is always like, I think he's hungry. He's always hungry. No, mom's like, I just fed him. Oh, there's something else. So what good parents are doing is that they find out what the need is. And by repetition of fulfilling the need, the brain learns, oh, this is my need. Ah, right now I'm hungry. Oh, that feels good. Oh, now I'm bored. Oh, now I need a new diaper. And the brain creates those synapses in the brain. The problem is that they can also break down. So I said to God, okay, if you want me to pray for synapses, how do I do it? How do I do it? And God said, you need to release my light into the brain. And I'm like, okay, that sounds amazing. It will work in some charismatic churches in in the U.S. But if I go back to Sweden and said, I have a revelation from God. We're going to release some light into your brains. They're going to say, you've done too many Bible schools and lived too long time in the U.S. So I need science, Father. I need science. So I kept on digging. And then I ran into this guy named Ed Boyden. He's a professor in neur- neurotechnology at MIT. And he has a TED talk, so if you want, you can look it, look it up. It's a TED talk, and it's called, um, it's called, I don't have the name here, I will look it up for you, but the name is Ed Boyden. I think it's called uh, The Switch to Neurons. The Switch to Neurons, Ed Boyden. So, Professor Boyden, he, he explains it like this. He says, today we have a lot of medicine for let's say mental illnesses but the problem is that there is one center that needs the medicine but you can't target a pill so it affects the whole brain so it affects so you read helps for and it's like five things it helps for and then risk of and that's like and sometimes the risk of getting by taking a pill is what it's supposed to help for because you can't target a pill So what Ed and his companions have done in their research is that they took mice and they connected an electricity wire to their brain. And every time the mice heard a signal, they gave them a shock. So they did that for a couple of days. And then they allowed them to hear the signal, but didn't give them any electricity. And every time they heard the signal, they reacted as if they were electrocuted. So they have created post-traumatic stress. Post-traumatic stress is a trigger from the outside that causes a reaction on the inside. But I didn't get it. But it feels like it's as real as I got it. I was in a car accident when I was 18. A car hit me. And I didn't have a helmet because it wasn't cool with helmets. Uh, and I was cool. So, um, I cracked my head open. And I had an amazing encounter because I died. And that's another story, it was amazing. But then I came back. I couldn't stay. I begged, let me stay. But he said no. Um, South Africa needs you. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he did not say that. But, After this accident, when I got out of the hospital, when I ran into, on my bike, into a a fork in the road that was similar to the one where I experienced the accident, I heard a physical sound of a car breaking. And I experienced the trauma. (gasps) And God healed me of that. But some people live with that for the rest of their lives. So Mr. Boyden said that we found the center in the brain of the mouse that conquers fear. I didn't even know we had a center that conquers fear, but apparently we do. And he said, then we exposed it to blue light. They send in blue lights into the brain of the mouse and suddenly when they heard the signal, nothing. So they had cured the mice through light from post-traumatic stress. And then God said, didn't I tell you to release my light into people's brain? And I'm like, glory, glory. And what does the Bible say about our God? In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Overcome it. John 1, Psalms 36. For in you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. So if the scientists can send in light that cure a brain, what would happen when you connected with the creator of universe who also said, I live and dwell inside of you. And I created everything with my word by saying, let there be light. 5.9 billion kilometers per 24 hours. What would happen when you say, I release the light? of God into your brain. Woo, my brain is is growing. So what Professor Boyden says is that they hope to in the future be able to use this technique on humans. So they believe that they can cure Alzheimer's in the future by just sending in light. They believe that they can cure schizophrenia and borderline just by sending in light in the brain. They believe that they can pre- prevent um, what do you, when, dementia, exactly, through sending in light in the brain. But we don't need to wait. We don't need to wait. We can kind of greet them when we're coming. Yeah, we've been here for a while, where have you been? We've been doing this for a long time. We just release the light into people's brain. So I started to practice with some people. I mean, I said like the worst case scenario, nothing happens. So I started to pray, God, I release the light into this person's brain. And I've been doing it for quite some time now. And the reports I get is amazing. Just before I came here, I met a lady and she said, I heard your teaching about light. And I have a friend who suffered from schizophrenia. And I took your teaching and me and a friend, we prayed for her and we released God's light into her brain. First time, it was like nothing happened. And then we prayed again and it was like an explosion kind of of light. And our friend is healed from schizophrenia. I've never heard of it before. I never prayed for someone that got healed from schizophrenia. And I have people say, you, do you remember you prayed for me, releasing the lights? I'm like, no, I release light all day. I kiss and I release light and I hug. That's, that's what I do. And, and she said, oh, you released the light into my brain a couple of months ago. And it was like a, an explosion of light. I can't describe it in another It was like an explosion of light was released into my brain. And that explosion comes every time I pray. Every time that light comes back, and I've been on medication, heavy medication, my whole adult life, and now I don't need my medication anymore. And people come up, I was depressed, you release the light. I was, was uh, fatigued, you release the light. So this is for us, guys. This is for us. So I give you this now. You don't need me to release the light. The light is in you. So just release the light of the people. Just release the light. How are we on time? Okay? So let's talk a little bit about a stronghold. What is a stronghold? Sometimes if you're in charismatic circles, faith movement, we... We tear down strongholds. I've been on those charismatic, and I'm, 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 I'm joking about it, but I like it. And they walk around and they speak in tongues, and we we tear down the strongholds. And I'm like, what stronghold? And we build up, and we tear down, and build up. And I'm like, where are we now? We're we building up or we're we tearing down? I I, I don't follow. I, I want. I'm I'm with you. I just wanna. I don't want to tear down what you just built up. And I you know. So Paul says that we are not wrestling. About of, with flesh and blood, right? We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we're tearing down what do Paul says we tear down? We tear down strongholds in the mind that rises itself up against the knowledge of Christ. So, what is a stronghold? A stronghold is when a thought, so you're, you're thinking a thought and it's on repeat. As you heard, it can be good and it can be bad. When that thought is confirmed by a feeling and they are allowed to date and they are allowed to do more than dating, they form a stronghold. So that can be a good stronghold. It can be that you think, I, I probably, I probably, I'm probably God's favorite. He probably loves me like crazy. I'm not sure. I mean, Magnus seems to be loved, but I'm probably very loved by God. And you, you think like, God, he loves me. And he says he's my shepherd. And, and you meditate on how much God loves you. And then you come to a church like this and someone prays for you. And as they're praying, you're having an encounter that affects your emotions. And confirms what you've been thinking. And bang. We have a positive stronghold. The same is true. about negative stuff. So you are energy. Did you know that? You are energy. So you send out energy. This is science. This is not Christianity. This is science. But it is Christianity. Because God is. Yeah. So. A negative stronghold sends out negative energy. A positive stronghold sends out positive energy. Have you met people and you're like, they seem okay. There is nothing wrong on the outside. But when you are in their presence, you just feel drained. I love you. I'm just gonna leave you alone for a while and recharge. And then there are other people, you're around them, and you're like, oh, can you, be, can you adopt me? <laughs> I know I'm older, but just adopt me. Don't talk about just, oh. Oh, because you send out energy. I mean, they done studies on this. So the dark world is attracted to negative energy. The good world is attracted to positive energy. That's why God shows up when we worship. Because there is good energy released. That's why the demons are attracted to dark strongholds. And they try by inviting themselves through reason. Marry with that stronghold. That's how you get a tie. So they say, you know what? You are terrible. Just as I see that you feel and think about yourself. You are terrible. And when you're like, yes, I probably am. Can you please come in? They connect themselves to that stronghold. That's why we need to tear them down. Can we go a little bit deeper? So when God is speaking to Adam and Eve and the snake in the garden, and he says to the snake, on your belly you will crawl, right? And what was the food of a snake? Dust of the earth. Right? So he will feed on dust of the earth. God spoke creation into being. But what did he form man of? Dust of the earth. So what is the enemy feeding on? Dust of the earth. Negative human energy. Oh, I don't know about this. That's okay. That's okay. I can't say 100% that this is how it is, but I think that's how it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't tell you. (laughs) You test it. You chew on it. If you don't like it, leave it. But I believe it's true. And I've seen it work in my ministry. But if you don't like it, it's very important in life to be able to flush. Have you been in a bathroom and been in the flush for like five, six times? (laughs) You don't want to go there. Your life is a bathroom. Sometimes there is a dump there and you need to flush instead of, why did they do this to me? Flush, man. No one else is going to come in, oh, it was me, I'm sorry, let me flush. It's very important to be able to flush in life because you and people are dumping stuff there. <laughs> have you met people they can't flush? It's always someone else's fault. And you're like, get over it. I have my flushing, you have yours. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was you. Yeah, but you've been in my house too. And it's called life. We live together. People used to say to me, oh, I wish I was more in your life. You're wonderful. And I'm like, it's just a matter of time until you're like, who is this guy? And why is he dumping stuff? <laughs> Ask my wife. So we need to break down those strongholds. And we do that by renewing of our mind. So let's take addiction. Let's talk about addiction. So I don't know how it is here, but we have a growing problem with addiction in our country, where I come from. And everywhere I go in the world, pornography is a growing addiction, even in the church. So when we help people out of addiction, pornography, whatever it is, we need to break with the sin through repentance. We need to help people to change their habits because your life is a result of your habits. No one is super skinny. And then the next day they gained 100 kilo, and they're like, how did this happen? But sometimes people come to me and they're like, how did this happen? And I'm like, it's your choices. It's been hard work. I mean, if you're gonna gain 100 kilo, you need to work for it, man. You can't be out running, eating healthy. You need to watch Netflix, eat cream, chocolate, cakes. It's hard work. So you are a product of your habits. That's why we need to help people to change habits. We change our habits by having a new habit. Some people say, I have a new resolution. I will not. And I'm like, that's going to fail unless you have a new habit because otherwise you're stepping out in vacuum. Oh, I'm so free, <laughs> And then, this is not pleasant, I'm going back to my old habits. So, the sin, the habit, the demonic bond. We need to break with a demonic bond. Many times in, in addiction, there is a demonic bond. And then God said, then you need to help people to get a new track. I know people that are set free, they have a new habit, they have repented, but they struggle so much because the record in their brain are playing the same song over and over and over and over and over and over. So then you come and you release light into their brain so they can get healing in their synapses and they can get a new track Okay? Jesus Christ, what should we do? So, do you want to do... This is dangerous. Do you want to do ministry now? Or should we talk about changing DNA? Changing DNA. Ministry, DNA, ministry, DNA. Okay. DNA first. So God said like this to me one day, you need to change people's DNA. And I'm like, God, are you serious? We're working on a synapses right now. (laughs) And I'm not gonna go as deep into, I'm not gonna go as deep because of time. But I started to to study DNA. And then I ran into a study, that's also a TED talk, Nadine Burke. Nadine Burke from San Francisco. It's the biggest study they ever done in America. Nadine Burke. She explains it like this. So if John and I are out walking in the forest, talking, and suddenly a cobra arrives, our system turns on, fight or flight. That's a good system because it helps us to survive. Fight or flight. So we flee or we attack. John is like, cobra masters. It's like kicking the cobra. I'm like, whoa. Fight or flight. So Nadine Burke, he explains it like this. If the cobra, let's say, is dad, so every time you come home as a kid, dad is the danger because he's beating mom, he's beating me, and he's drunk. That system, fight or flight, is on 24 7. That's like driving a car on the freeway in the second gear. You're burning the engine. And Nadim Burke explains that's exactly what's happening to those kids. They're burning their engine because their system is on all the time. And they said, we have discovered that it changes the structure of the DNA. That's how deep this goes. And this is not me making this up. This is Nadine Burke. She's a professor. And you can read about it. And they say that 50% of your DNA is set. It's set. It can't change. But 50% is changeable. It's flexible. So I said to God, okay, God, I will do it. So how do we change DNA? And he said, you need to release my sound. And I'm like, why? Because the DNA... It's like a guitar twisted with strings. You've seen a DNA? And it's twisted with strings. And those strings, they vibrate. So you need to release the right frequency into people's DNA. And I'm like, I can do that. How do I do it? And you just said, just say, I release the God frequency. The frequency that you were created to have, that's the frequency I release into you, into your DNA. And I started to do that. And amazing things happens. So you release the light into the brain and into the DNA releases the sound. I love this. I love this. So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's release the light of God. Oh, I don't want to do it. No, don't do it. But if you want to do it, I I do it like this. God, I release the frequency of you into my synapses. And I release the frequency of your voice into my DNA. But it feels like it's even more powerful when someone else prays for me. So... Anyone who wants a frequency released, you can just stand up right now. And I will pray for you. And if you don't want, you're fine. You're just fine. Okay? So, Father, if you want to just put your hands on your head. So, Father, right now, I speak to each and everyone's neurons and synapses. I speak to the synapses in each and everyone's brain and I release the light of God right now. I release the light of God over each and everyone right now. In Jesus' name. Oh, there it is. There it is. Just take it. There it is. Oh, there it, I release I release it now. More. More light. More light. Some of you, you will start to feel like, almost like electricity in your head. And some of you, you will start to feel like, see like, it's almost like flashes before your eyes, even if you close your eyes. And some of you, you will start to feel, feel like it's, it's light. Not, not the light, but it's, you become lighter. So more Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. We ask for more. More of this light that creates new synapses. And I speak to each and every one that that is battling fear. I release the light of God into the center of your brain that overcomes fear. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So no one needs to, but if you want to, if you feel a physical, uh, something physical, like like it's light, or you see flashes, or anything... Just raise your hand, just raise your hand. You don't have to, but if you do, just raise your hand. And then if you're standing next to someone, but raise your hand, ask if you could just like, can you put your hand on me too, if you want to? And then they can just start to release whatever they are feeling, okay? So if you're standing next to someone and you want to, just ask them, can you please put your hand on me? And then you just release the light into their, into their brain. And, and if you need your, the light into another area of your brain, maybe, maybe the, the doctor said that, that you are most likely going to get Alzheimer's uh, or, or anything else related to the brain. If you, have, if you have someone in your family that is suffering from mental illness, just pray for them now as if they were here and just release the light Father, we we pray for each and every one that has someone in their family that is suffering from mental illness. And right now, on their behalf, we just release the light of God into their brain. Into their brain. If, if, If someone here is suffering from being burned out, from too much work and too much stress, I just release that light right now. In Jesus' name. If anyone here is suffering from any kind of addiction... I release the light of God right now. Now. And I break that addiction off you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. And if you are here and, and your system has been on... And it has started to change your your DNA. Just put your hand on your heart. How do we know that? I have no clue. But you feel like it's probably me. Just put your hand on your heart. And I will speak to your DNA, okay? So, Father, to each and everyone that has the hand on their heart, I just speak to the DNA now. And I release the sound and the frequency of you. And I speak to the DNA. Right now, start to vibrate with God's frequency. With the frequency that you created them to have. In, I'm gonna to count to three. One, two, three. Now. Oh, did you feel that? It felt like something just filled you. I felt it. Oh, more. More of that frequency. More of that frequency. More Holy Spirit. Oh, that's good. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We ask for more. More Holy Spirit. We ask for, for healing of the DNA, Father. We ask for strengthening of the body, the spirit, and the soul. And right now, Father, if there is anything negative connected to anything that we've been praying for. If there is a stronghold and there is anything dark that's been connected to that, that comes from the outside. I just cut it off now. I cut it off now in Jesus name. Some of you, you ought to feel like a lightning. Like it becomes lighter. So I'm going to say it again. I cut it off now. Now. Anything that runs in the generations that is affecting them and tries to connect with them, we just cut it off now. Oh, that's good. More. Moral spirit. Yep. Cut it off now. In Jesus name. Hmm. In Jesus' name. Hmm. In G oh there that, that comes the peace. Now we release the peace. More peace, Father. More peace. Oh, that's good. Thank you, peace. Thank you. More. Hmm. Amen. Amen. And maybe you think like, what is this? I thought I went to church. If, if you got prayed for and, and there is a change in your life, let that speak to you. And if you try this and you get a result, let that speak to you. And if you don't, flush. And pray for me. <laughs> flush. And pray for me. Okay? But I encourage you to try this when you pray for people. Since I started to do this, bang, it's been phenomenal. It's been amazing and seeing people transformed and people saying, I'm off my pills. I'm off my medicine and I'm fine. I had, a, and I had a wife come up to me. You prayed for my man, my husband, and he's been ill. He's been burned out and depressed for a long time. And you just released some light into his brain. And now he's getting better and better. And I'm getting my man back. I'm getting my husband back. Oh, it's worth it. So, I just want to encourage you. God, who created everything, He has solutions to every problem. So, just say to Him, God, if you entrust me with a solution, I will give it to the people. And then you just ask Him, give me a solution to something. What are you passionate about? I'm passionate about wholeness. That's my passion. So that's why he downloads stuff like this.